All right. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Anthony Chansomu from Simple Creative Marketing and we are, uh, I don't even know what number it is, but we're going live with Authentic Influence and I have with me my dear friend and mentor, Sandra D'Souza uh, from Elect. Now, just a bit of background, uh, like we've known each other for a while and uh, just to see your journey has been tremendous, um, but to give context to this conversation on international women's day 2019 sandra launched uh, elect to address the gender gap in business with its procurement marketplace that connects small business small businesses with corporate buyers now every transaction has a social impact on gender equality which is why i wanted to bring sandra on to the show to talk about that uh, elect is aligned with united Glo nations global goal number five which is gender equality uh, to be a purpose-driven business where parts of the pros proceeds fund known gender equality projects. The uh, the website is elect.biz and um, you can find Sandra on, on all the socials um, and we can tell you all about that because before she was at Elect, she was doing something very much social related. So how about we start there, Sandra? Where were you before you started Elect? That's true. Um, so before I was, um, I had my own uh, digital marketing agency um, and I also published a book on oh, I've lost you there but I'll just um, keep going um, oh no there you are and you're on mute yeah I'm still here so if I fade it's not because I've got that, I'm still here so you That's had your cool. own agency and you're doing social media so yeah yep. and you had your book because yep. I actually went to your book launch that was uh, a fantastic That's event. right. That's right yeah so it was uh, about social media and um, and then after that, I guess um, um, I loved doing what I was doing, and I built a, a pretty uh, good agency. And I came across uh, the UN Global Goals. Um, I did. I did. Um, I think Anthony, you're familiar with with Robert Roger, Roger James Hamilton. Um, I've always done the whole wealth dynamics, talent dynamics profile, which has helped me in you know with team management. But then when I did my purpose test and realized that my purpose was about gender equality, it wasn't an aha moment. It was like, it was a no brainer moment. It was like, you know, that is my purpose. I've spent 20 years volunteering for an international NGO on women's issues. And, um, and, and, you know, very much Roger says, well, why don't you mix, why don't you combine business with purpose and, and do it that way? So, um, so yeah, so in order to do that, I, I, I was lucky enough that I found a buyer for my agency, um, which gave me time to try and nurture the business model. But I guess um, that's where I was at before I liked and how it came about. I love that purpose-driven, uh, purpose test, because I did that as well. Um, after you recommended actually because you had done it and I went oh you should, you should check this out and uh all yeah 100 percent agree with the i still recommend the worth dynamics test to people i still say that's one of the the best psychographic psychometric um yeah. types of you know personality tests if you want to call it that for just identifying what your strengths are and and to, to do it with the purpose test is, is amazing because then then you go okay well that's actually my north star and that's where i'm headed and have mm. been all my life you know sometimes yeah. it, it takes that that moment to go actually 
goal number four. So for me, number four, education, right? Like that's, um, it's like, oh, no brainer. Um, but there are, we have these moments where we kind of confuse or conflict it because we can, we can think about, well, but I spend a lot of time building community. So is community my thing, right? Or is it, you know, gender equality or is it because we can jump in and out of all these, these, these missions and causes. Yeah, and I think the test just kind of like crystallizes it for you and just goes, well, that's the driver, and then all the other things will feed into that. But but that's what it is, and you lead with that. Um, and, and so, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that you've arrived there, and I've seen you kind of build this this business uh, or this enterprise uh, for the last few years uh, since you sold the company, and and it's just been wonderful to see you really go all in i guess on the purpose like this is what i'm doing and you know this is what it's all about and you've got your amazing daughter and of course and that's that's a huge part of it and your, and your husband and and, and all, everyone that you touch um but i can definitely see that thread that's been consistent with you ever since i've known you it's like that's you. what it's all about so uh now let's talk about uh, something that came up even you know, you know before we were planning this interview which was yeah. you know social enterprise versus purpose-driven business that's right what? <laughs> yeah, so um, I know that, you, I mean, you, you said you were correcting yourself business to say social enterprise, and I wanted to jump in and say, no, it's actually a business. So I wanted to make that clear. There's nothing wrong with social enterprise. There's some amazing social enterprises out there. But what I've found, the definition of social enterprise is very much um, more aligned with charity or not-for-profit. Um, what I'm actually doing is is a profitable business. I'm I'm building a profitable business. It is a business for profit, but what it does is that it has a positive impact, a positive social impact into society, and it's a purpose-driven business um, in terms of what it's trying to achieve. So, um, so that, I guess that's the difference. Is that um, I'm not I, I, profit profitable businesses are not it's not bad, it's actually a good thing. We want businesses to be profitable and we want businesses to actually do good. Um, and this is where I like how the UN goals have come into play with their uh, global goals, is to say that how do you align your business with one or more of these goals and make a positive impact and include ethics and include um, values and include the purpose so that um, if all businesses actually do good business, I think we will see a far better, I guess, society and um, harmonious, you know, maybe no world wars, no poverty, everybody's educated. Um, I, know it does, I don't want it to make it sound like it's utopia, but certainly I think there's nothing wrong, um, firstly, for business to be purpose-driven or to have a positive impact and secondly for it to make profit as well yeah and those are very strong points and there's a whole world we can dive into and just, <laughs> yes. uh, there's a whole conversation around <laughs> just money mindset and can you really make money while doing good and you know a whole ton of coaching i've done personally on my own values and, and my own belief systems around yeah. that um, and I remember a coach saying to me many years ago now, you know, and we need people like you who are heart driven, who are purpose driven to go out there and make it work um, and be models of, uh, you know, that that being a possibility because, we, we, you know, there are people out there who are not so aligned and, and, and more so like just just all about the profit and cashing out and, and whatever yeah. that, that, that is, uh, but not 
really about the social impact or or um, you know making change in the world, uh, which I struggle with at times because I'm like because my thinking is well most entrepreneurs are solving problems. Like the, mm. the reason you become an entrepreneur, start a business, is you've identified some kind of problem, you know, whether it's in your community, in the market, whatever it may be, uh, and you're trying to solve it to improve that in some that's way. Right. So by, by doing yeah. so, you are changing the world. Like there is something that's yeah. changing. Uh, but what we're talking about here is much deeper than that. Whereas you know, like you're talking about gender equality, which is a massive challenge, you know, uh, all mm -hmm. over the place. Um, yeah. You know, uh, if we go to the U.S. and what's been happening this year with with Black Lives Matter and and these type type of things, um, and then you know, um, what was that movement around, uh, particularly for women about um, there was a whole. Oh, I mean, me too. Me too. That's right. Yes. Uh, and so things like that coming to social conscious consciousness, um, and here you are going, well, let's do something about it. So, how did you go from that concept, right, to then? Um, deciding what the business model would look like? It, it's a very good question. And I guess having been in business, I've learned a few things. I've made a lot of mistakes. And for then I didn't want to make the same mistakes again. And um, and one, so firstly, I wanted elect, firstly, before even the name with the elect that has come on, um, I wanted to make sure that um, I didn't want it to be a not-for-profit I didn't want it to be a consultancy group. So working in gender equality, it doesn't have to be a charity. So what I wanted to do is, um, and I'm hoping you're still listening to what I'm saying here. Um, what I wanted to do is to make sure that um, it has a scalable platform and incorporate technology into this. And by doing that, um, what I've done is uh, spent quite a bit of time on um, trying to get the um, the business model right because it's not easy. Like, how do you how do you how do you build a business around gender equality? So it's quite challenging. And so what I did then is um, again I was part of the whole Entrepreneur Institute with Roger of trying to um, and 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 I had him as the coach as you know, like the whole crystal circle. Um, I had that as part of my digital marketing business. And when I sold that, it's like, okay, now it's time to work on elect and, and spend the time on putting together the business model and working out of how to, he was very big, like, let's create a business that you can 10 times easily. And when you say easily, but how, what, what, is that, what does that look like? And you do need to find something that is fast and scalable. And the reason being is that I wanted technology to reach out as easily to as many people as possible to have that positive impact on, on gender equality. So um spent six months actually working out the model. And it's quite crazy when, you know, you have this idea, you talk to people and then they give you that idea and you give that idea and then and then you're all over the place. And then I would then go back to the coach and, and then he says, oh, well, no, stay focused bring it back. That's, you know, you don't want to know, you don't want to go off the tangent, stay focused. And, um, and that's when the business model of uh, addressing supply diversity came about. Supply diversity is, is, is an important issue. And, um, and small businesses need to um, connect with corporate buyers and both actually want to make sure that they are connected um, and work together. So small business want more sales, Corporate buyers were looking for um, 
I guess, supply diversity and accessing um, small businesses as part of their mandate of, of um, you know, in, in, in terms of their procurement policy. So um, needed to come up with something which is quite simple. And, mm. um, and so what, I, what, what the model that eventually become was uh, small business connecting with corporate buyers and at a transactional level, every, um, excuse me, every transaction funds a gender equality project. Now, I just wanted to point out, it was initially going to be uh, supporting just women-owned businesses, but I did my research and I got a lot of pushback on that, both for men and women to say, look, you know, why, if you want to do gender equality, why don't you look at things of how to make it gender equality? And so that's how it kind of like evolved into this model. That's um, I, I, Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised and also not surprised at the pushback um, because of the rationale. Uh, because I know there are and, and there are you know women's only or, or, or uh, women entrepreneur groups. There are um, is it, I, I even remember I remember someone coming up with a men's only kind of group, and then there was a whole backlash around that and going <laughs> and their argument was, but there are all these women only group. Why can't we have a men's only group? And 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 you know people were saying well, you're missing the point. Um, and and just to hear that you know you've arrived at your model because of the feedback so so yeah. but what it does say to us is you know there is value in actually are asking you know your um your supply chain and whoever it may be you know would this resonate with you would you support it uh, and i suppose that that also um uh, for, for those watching this and thinking about okay well how do i launch a social uh, sorry a, a purpose-driven <laughs> business yes. yeah yeah, what's the way to go about that? And, and I think that initial, so how, how, how much time did you spend on actually collecting that feedback and understanding what the market actually wanted? I think, um, I mean, I, I did spend about six months, but it was also I had a full-time job with the acquisition of my agency that I was working along. So I had to work that in the background. But I think what I what I had, you know, the whole minimum viable product. I needed to work out what mm. was the minimum viable product, and I followed the whole lean startup pro, uh, process. And that is getting the feedback. Will people, you know, you could think you could have an amazing business idea, but if people don't buy from you, then it's pointless, and you can't build a business based on your idea without talking to anybody or just talking to a handful of people. So I wanted to spend the time when I, and luckily, I had the luxury of that to really get the model right. And it helped having a coach, by the way, um, just to, you know, say, that's a shitty idea. Where did you find that out? And so it's in my head, it's like, well, go get the feedback. So he didn't actually say it was a shitty idea. And I'm sorry, I or on this, that's by okay. the way. Please. You're okay. not the first and you're not the last. That's fine. <laughs> okay, all right, good. <laughs> and so, um, so that was really good, getting the feedback, getting from the market. And then once the business model, I had the concept down packed and finding out how I was going to build that on the technology base. Before building on a technology base, I wanted to know if people were willing to pay for it. And I'm pretty lucky that I've got a good network of people and there were people who understood, a group of people who understood what I was trying to do. And I reached out to my network, not everybody, but um, just some, and said, look, will you be willing to sign up for this? And so I actually made my revenue before I even built it. And that is I had somebody who, I had a group of people, my first batch of customers who signed up, paid an um, annual membership before I even built it. Then I thought, okay, then I'm onto something. I'm onto something people are willing to part money with and um, and then built from that. 
kind of thing. So that's how it all came about. Wow. Okay. Tell me about that. How did, how did you, um, so when you say you made revenue before the actual launch, uh, what did that look like? And, and what did you go to each, um, cause you've got a two sided marketplace, right? So basically, yeah. uh, so how, how did you, uh, I guess using Glenn Carlson dent language here is, yes. is what was the pitch? How did you go to each of these parties and, and, and actually pitch elect? I am. Um, I went. It's harder to go straight to the corporate buyers for something that's brand new. They won't. They won't part money on a concept unless you really, really know the people. And I think um, people who believe the person that you are um, and the network is really the trusting. They trust that when you when you take their money, that you are going to do something about it, and you're not just going to take the money and run off with it and never see them so i focused on this the small business side how much of a demand um would mean to them to to access this and being a member and also the the general equality piece in terms of the network um the the um social impact that you know that's important to them and it was from men and women by the way um even my husband um part money with him he didn't have to pay for it but i said i'm doing this you know i even pitched it to him and he's and then um, later on he says, you know what, I'm going to buy a membership. So he also bought a membership um, out of it from believing that this is something that was um, that had a, a sound business model, and that he, which I felt that he felt, which I think that um, that I will deliver it. Um, so that the actual pitch back then was quite different in a mm. way to where it is now, but. Ultimately, it was it was two it was three things that hasn't changed. One is me doing it. Two is a marketplace, and three it's about uh, gender equality. It's trying to find ways to solve gender equality. So those three hasn't changed at all. But how I pitch the wording, all of that has evolved um, over the over the the time period. Um, and if I could go on, by the way, so even though it was all very exciting, I got the revenue, I built uh, the marketplace, I was told, I mean, again, great advice was given to me, don't spend it on R&D and build something, get a white label, try that as part of your minimum viable product to test it out. And I'm so glad I did that. Um, I launched it in 2019. I want the birthday to be International Women's Day. And then I've got my batch of customers. Like I say, it's a beta launch. They all go on it. And it was a complete flop. The The platform, the technology was really bad. The user experience wasn't very good. I was going back and forth with the uh, technology company and trying to get improvements and get fixed. And it just um, almost towards the end of Christmas, I had to bring in a technical consultant and say, what do I do? Do I just keep pursuing it or do I just pull the plug? And he took a look at it and he says, User experience is really important, which I know. And that's why I didn't really do a big launch in 2019. Um, mm. And he just said, pull the plug, start all over again. And this is what I did. So over December last year, um, I got another platform and I worked throughout Christmas and New Year. I didn't really have a holiday and just rebuilt that, getting the technology company <laughs> to work during the break. Um, helping me with what what the, you know with the configuration and things like that, and um, relaunched it. Um, you know, in, in, well, relaunched it in, in January. Got the existing customers on, but then we thought, let's put in the work, and um, and it 
and relaunched it in early March. So it was a bit of a journey, even though I tried and was careful, I did my due diligence, things could go wrong, but it was really good experience to have a beta phase. Yeah, I, I think that's so valuable. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because I think, you know, we can see companies like Thank You and, and whatever these, these brands are and you go, it's so polished and so amazing. But when you hear the, the, the original, the origin story and you go, <laughs> Like they, they literally were struggling for two or three years before it became yeah. a thing. Um, yeah. And and they were, you know, and your story is just amazing. Just, you know, um, not that that process was amazing when you're in it, but it, it's <laughs> a learning curve, isn't it? It's like, look, yeah. we, we, we're going to fall. This is normal. Uh, maybe the platform is not right, but you don't learn until I've got a mentor by the name of Dan Norris, um, which you may be aware of. And he, he, he's he got this in his book. He talks about you, you don't learn until you launch. Uh, you don't learn yeah. until you have your your thing in front of your buyers, uh, in exactly. front of yeah, and they tell you, and that's crap, you know, or, or whatever it is, or, or I can't load it, it's not coming up on my phone, or whatever these problems are. Yes, um, yes. And so now let's talk about like from that. So you've got the platform up. You you worked through Christmas last Christmas, getting it all <laughs> to, to version two or version three, whatever it is now. Um, and so how did how did how then did you proceed to um, spread the word about elect uh, and, and get more you know whether it's it's corporate buyers or or on the other side getting more more people who are suppliers like how, how did you sort of have that process going yeah so um i when i um i had i get my network because i've been in the women's space type of thing i showed to few key people um what i'm working on and you know they, they knew me um in in the marketing space because i've done some work for them and they said, oh, wow, that's amazing. And and so I was given the opportunity through the connection to speak at a couple of major conferences, international conferences, which mm. they were supporting me to showcase elect um, at the uh, CS the Commission of Status of Women. It's CSW for short. It's a UN conference for women that's held every February, March in New York City. So I literally got my ticket to go there. And I was invited to speak at the Global Summit of Women Conference, which has 1,500 delegates from government, corporate, international NGO, small businesses, entrepreneurs um, in Bangkok. And um, they were going to be my massive launch to really get the word out there. But guess what? COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, all of the like arrangement deals I had, joint ventures, all just stopped um nothing happened in terms of like they all just have to pull the plug and so um and the other thing that i've learned was to have really good advice as i told you about having a good coach but i had like talking to people who are expert in their field um and i was talking to who has since now become the chairperson of my advisory board and i said then she was showing me what was happening in new york what was going on um how people are addressing COVID. And, and and like you said, you know, sometimes you have to do it with what, what, what drives you. And then I thought, yes, I have a perfectly good platform. A lot of small businesses, all of a sudden they were collapsing because the clients were going and they need a digital presence. So what I did was I thought, you know what, don't worry about the missed opportunities. Don't worry about the revenue. I'm going to open up my platform. And I said, no membership fees, no transaction fees sign up we will try and get you buyers um for your businesses and i and just put the word out there pretty much use 
we did Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, all of it, but it was LinkedIn that has actually gotten the most traction. And so we had a whole bunch of people signing up um, on Elect um, wanting the digital presence um, when they urgently needed that. And around the same time or since then, um, the corporate side, they have they can't they had international suppliers they couldn't access them the supply chain has all been disrupted and they were actually then really looking for diversified suppliers so there's this again movement on this change of attitude to look for different categories of suppliers not just in their products or services and looking for small businesses to support because they see that as something but also the pain point that they have is that they need to have they shouldn't have all their eggs in one basket with one supplier. They were more open to having uh, a range of supplies. So they, they, they came in and also talking to me and say, we want to access because guess what? It's not easy to find small business suppliers. Yes, you have different directories and things like that. But what electors essentially become is a, a one place to find all the small businesses. And you have then the different categories of not only their products and services, but which we're going to introduce next so feedback we've gotten is to identify whether they're women-owned, Indigenous-owned, or family business or regional businesses, because that's what corporate buyers are looking for. Wow! Like there's so much in the, in that. Like I, I, you know, from the opportunity, what didn't look, you know, look like something was terrible at the time, uh, yeah. to then this is the opportunity that presents. Uh, I remember, you know, just I was in that position too, looking at okay, where are um, you know, how can I access there's some some businesses that I work with that are in the e-commerce space, and for them, they were you know relying on on products, goods, and services coming from China, um, mm. and of course because of the, of the lockdowns and and things that were happening because of COVID, they couldn't access that anymore, uh, and so some of them went out of business because they're like, well, what do we do? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know. What I'm curious about is you mentioned LinkedIn um, worked better for you than, yes. than other platforms. How did the the and you didn't? Go, I assume the event didn't go ahead in New York. Did they switch to an online version? They did. They did switch to more very mini version of that, um, as just one forum, and it's only focused on one thing. So there was no opportunity for me to speak at um, any of those, and um, or meet with people or network with people. So I had to abandon that strategy and just really go social media. And luckily, mm. you know, like I like you, you know, pointed out that LinkedIn was a very effective form of doing it as well. So just to give people some insight into that, is that a case of doing searches for companies that that might be within your your target profile and then reaching out to them, or was that some? How, how did you go about actually uh, identifying or how, how did they find you? This is a question I really have in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess it was a, a maybe a three prong approach. Approach one was so the social media post. Um, doing that, I did a video to say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm opening up the platform. Starting, you know, it's free. You know, I want to help you. Let me know how I can help you. Go to elect and and that's that was a very effective." video post as you know video post captures like gets more attention um and then and then reaching out to um we actually reached out to different groups of people who i think that would have small businesses as their clients and say this is what i'm doing um and and if you know if you want if you have anybody that you know could benefit from it 
and tell them it's free. I make no money out of it. I really want to support. And, um, and that also what I found that the response from that on LinkedIn, because I think it's all to do with business. It seems to resonate with that. I always found Facebook has been far more efficient always Facebook, Instagram, depending on what you're doing, gets really good results. But in this particular case, when dealing with just small businesses, um, LinkedIn was really effective, like 10 times more effective than the others. So we just hone in all our resources into LinkedIn since then. That's incredible. Uh, you should be like, if there was a, I don't know if LinkedIn do it, but they, if they were to profile different organizations, <laughs> you'd be a great case study to say, well, this is how, uh, you know, what Elect has been able yeah. to do. You know, um, that could be an, an angle. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, LinkedIn, if you're listening, I'm, I'm open <laughs> for an interview. <laughs> 100%. Now, I'm looking at the site and you've got um, basic member, business member, VIP member, um, and sort of what's the breakdown right now in terms of uh, percentage, if you will, of the types of members that you have on the uh, on the platform? Yeah, so the, um, the ones I've pre-sold, um, they've become VIP members. Um, and you know, it's only to be fair because, um, and they got obviously they got the mates rates. Um, so as, as part of the benefit of signing up first. Um, and then since then, when we, when we opened up the, um, platform, I was actually giving away the business membership to them at the time. We didn't have a free member, uh, plan. So it was like, you know, you become a business member forever. Um, and I know I didn't make revenue out of it, but like I said, I genuinely wanted to help and it wasn't about revenue. But what that experience has taught me, and again, responding to the market, was that if you open up for free, businesses are more willing to try it out and to sign up and participate um, and, and see if this could work for them. So that's when after, I know, so after the first, after three months, we thought, well, okay, we'll go back to the revenue model but then, you know, said, look, let's introduce a free plan for those who just want to try it out. And that's the basic free plan came up. Um, so businesses can sign up. They don't have to pay anything. Um, and um, and then they can be part of elect. But all plans have a transaction fee. So even though I don't make mon much money out of the membership, um, it's the transaction fees what I'm looking at and and the transaction fees where it creates a social impact so if we don't have income for that then we can't create the social impact so we've kept that um even for the basic plan and the feedback again it's like they say well you bring in more sales for me you bring in your business willing to pay for it yeah because it becomes and that's one thing on the supplier side they find it very difficult to market effectively so for them yeah. it's like how do we get our products out there how do we get the buyers uh, and you've created the space or the platform for that to happen uh, and i think it's, it's a brilliant model like I, I, obviously an example would be kiva a bit of a different angle on that approach but um mm. that's one that's been you know we've seen for a while now yeah. uh, and i've seen different variations of that um as well and, and, and i've always wondered is that profitable? Does it actually, you know, hit certain objectives? Because it, like you said, you started off at the beginning, you know, you're not a charity um, and, and it's, it's not, it's not a not-for-profit. Like it's, you need to, it needs to be profitable. So it's sustained and the yeah. impact continuing, right? Cause that's the whole point of it is like, we still want to support all these, the, the cause, the gender diversity and all these things. Um, and I think that's, that's a wonderful journey that you're on. Um, 
so was there, we're just going to wrap up um, in a moment. I'm just curious, is there any uh, other sort of it's, – it's really weird for me to ask this question being that it's 2020 because <laughs> it's not a normal year by any measure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> were there any sort of other things that came out of, of this, this experience for you that you, you – was a surprise perhaps or that you, were, you weren't aware of when you uh, started embarking on that journey um, to, to really build Elect? I think I'm pleasantly surprised how many people liked the social impact uh, work of Elect. And um, I do get, there. There are, I also get feedback. There's, I have two groups of people. I have a group of people who says, love what Elect does with the small business and corporate buyers and the marketplace, forget about the gender equality, put them as a back burner or don't talk about it, just focus on that model. Um, and then the 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 rest of it, uh, what w- the reason they're interested in le- electors purely because of the gender equality piece, or the social impact piece that uh, they want to be involved and be participate in the business. And so I'm surprised that there is still a group of people who are not they're not bad or they they didn't say that in a malicious way. Um, it was more of a case of um, we have been having to hide things of talking about gender equality and not be known as feminists or and I'm not talking about women, it's just men and women, not to be seen as a feminist, not to be seen as supporter of gender equality so out there in a business world um, that I'm surprised that still happens, but also at the same time not surprised in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So I think we do have a long way to go, but what I'm really enjoying is how the group, luckily, the group is much bigger for those who want me to keep going what I'm doing and actually championing me. So that's that because you never know when you're starting a business, like you said, you put your heart, sweat, hard work and sweat into it. You don't know if you're on the right track and you don't know if you should continue. You know, am I dreaming this? This is crazy. It's such an unusual thing that I'm doing. But then you get feedback like that. And, and I thought, OK, I'm just going to keep going. That's so powerful, and it's this thought occurred to me very recently, which is you know the true pioneers. You're you're, you're literally going down a path that hasn't been created before. Mm. You're creating a path, and so it's it's very hard to look, you know. And we like to do this work like to compare and see what other people are doing or whatever. Who else has been down this road before, right? Like I mentioned, you know, yeah. Kiva, for example. But they're not they're not they're similar, but not the same. There's this difference, uh, yeah. and so you know, and so you have to go well. I'm looking for those little signals to say I'm on the right path. And and um, I love that because you've gone purpose, you lead with a purpose, you know, Simon Sinek speaking to me yes. right now. Okay, lead with your why. Uh, yeah. And then what that does is it brings the right people, buyers, partners. It brings, and they're the ones that you want to play with. Like the, the people who are yeah. going, oh, maybe that's not right. We're going to, we don't want to deal with the whole gender equality thing. We're going to hide that message. Um, that That's okay. That That's your choice. But, you know, for you, it's very easy for you to say, well, okay, well, perhaps you're not an ideal partner for us. Uh, exactly. And, you know, and, and we will find those because there are those who are out there who, who, who want, and there's companies that want to, to, to um, really push towards that, that, that end state. So, um, that that's really really amazing, and I'm I'm so glad that you thank are where you, you are. And, you know, thank you, Anthony. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Sandra. Is there? Uh, uh, I'm just gonna 
put your website up here again for so everyone listening www.elect.biz it's two L's uh, and uh, Sandra D'Souza I'll put all your links into all the show notes and things uh, but definitely go in and support the platform if you're all about gender diversity and, and you know being good and doing good then that's the place to go uh, any last messages for our listeners um, well, Anthony, like I said, thank you for this um, amazing show and for giving me the opportunity to be able to talk about ELECT and also how I get there um, sometimes makes me realise that, you know, being surrounded by amazing people like yourself um, helps prom- like helps get the message out there, what, what I'm trying to do, and I do truly appreciate it. And, and great show, by the way. I really enjoyed talking to you and um, um, love your questions. It was great. I enjoyed that. You're welcome. You know, this is my little, like I'm calling it authentic influence because it is about you know people. How do you do, how do you influence others in a positive way and do it as you, as sharp as you and not as, um you know, what you think people want you to be. Uh, and that's the hardest challenge I've had in my life. And I continue to have that challenge, but also <laughs> all my guests have gone through that, you know, what we thought yeah. we were two years ago or one year ago, you know, we're still evolving as humans. Uh, exactly. and, and our businesses are the same. The businesses are, as you and I both know, are reflections of who we are um, and who are we, who we're becoming. So, um, you know, elect is just one iteration of Sandra D'Souza, and, and that will evolve over time. So, uh, we'll have to bring you back. But um, thank you so much, Sandra. <laughs> everyone listening, uh, we'll see you again on the next episode. Thanks, Anthony. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, If you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode.